Hey everyone and welcome to episode 42 of the Audience Police podcast with me, your host Adam. Sorry to the regular listeners, you may have noticed I've been away a little while um, with life coming back to some sort of normality and also I've been job hunting outside of uh, this kind of stuff. I've been pretty busy the last couple of months but hopefully with live shows coming back too, you should see a trickle, trickle of episodes coming out. I've got a couple lined up over the next few weeks, so keep an eye out for those. Talking of gigs coming back, I was lucky enough to catch Sugar Horse at the Bad Pond Festival this weekend, just gone down in Brighton, and a shout out to the Small Pond team that put that all together. They did an absolutely superb job on a very hot day on the seafront, and also with the uh, added hilarity of hundreds of bikers lined up outside for um, some sort of motorcycle festival, um, which uh, added to the hilarity and the the fun of the day. It was interesting watching old bikers peer through the window as uh, bands like Atota So were playing on the bar stage. Um, and yeah, also shout out to the bands like Conjurer, Alpha Male Tea Party and of course Sugar Horse. It was great to see them back on the stage. All round fun day. And yeah, Sugar Horse played a few tracks off their, their new album, The Long Live After, which has been superbly received uh, across all corners of the internet by the looks of it. Um, and if you've not heard it already, after you've listened to this, go and head over to their band camp, listen to it and order it. Um, it's definitely going to be in my top 20 of the year at the moment uh, anyway um yeah, it's absolutely fantastic it's an amalgamation of all their inspirations which of course we talk about on the podcast we talk to bassist chris drummer martin and the guy that plays guitar and everything else jake um ash wasn't on this episode because he was on a previous episode um, a couple of years back so if you've not heard that go and check that out after this as well if you want to hear ash's top stories at gigs ever um they're out playing shows next month in october so go over to their socials and uh, catch them at a venue near you and they're also if you're at portals this weekend if you listen to this before um they'll be headlining the aces and eight stage on the saturday and it's a very tiny room so i recommend getting in there early and if you're at portals and you listen to this uh, i'll actually be on the the merch stand at some point over the weekend helping those guys out so come say hi um anyway back to the episode i hope you enjoy it and i will catch you next time boy Welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. And we've got um, very pleased to have on three quarters of Sugar Horse. We've obviously had Ash on before many moons ago, but we thought it would be uh, good to exclude him this time so we can all take the piss out of him a little bit at some point and, uh, and rip into him as he does with everyone else. So um, how are you guys doing on this uh, Sunday evening? I know we were just talking about having naps um, before we started, is everyone feeling okay today? Yeah, good, well rested. I've had a hot chocolate. So yeah, life yeah, is good. Nice, Costco. That was great. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not Sunday, is it? It's bloody Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. That yeah. was the first trick question of the of the podcast. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Nothing goes gets past me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think this is what Bank Holidays are for: is uh, drinking too much and uh, and sleeping um, as much as possible. Um, so yeah, it's great to have you guys on, and obviously. You've literally just put the new album out and you played a hometown gig last night. How was that for you guys to to get back in a back in a room with a load of people? Amazing. Yeah, it's such a weird feeling to be back at it again. Obviously, we haven't played a proper show in like a year and a half. Uh we we played like the lanes, but it was a sit-down one and it felt, you know, a little bit different. But this was like the first step back to the normality in, you know, a year and a half. It was an amazing feeling. And amazing gig everyone who went thank you for coming because it was yeah. awesome uh yeah just great great to be back at it again yeah 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 it was good to see um you got um bands like brasher on the bill obviously good friends um an uh, amazing band as well need to get need to get mel on the podcast at some point but yeah um yeah how was how was the show how was the the reaction last night as well was it was it quite a full show last night did you manage to fill out the exchange yeah, I think so. I think it looked pretty good. Um, kind of weird to see people actually enjoying it, to be honest. It's pretty much a first yeah. for us. <laughs> and usually, yeah, and usually positive vibe in the room. It's, yeah. Yeah. More than likely, yeah, I'll put it in, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually you, uh, you with your... Uh, uh, not in a bad way. Your miserable music—you don't expect to see uh, see <laughs> yeah. people enjoying it. But yeah, I saw a few uh, saw a few videos of people headbanging yeah. along, which was yeah, really really nice to see. <laughs> yeah, dangerously yeah. close to motion. Smiling as well. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- couldn't really get over it. Yeah, but no, that's that's really really great to see. Um, yeah, it's been really great to see you guys attract a lot of uh, uh, a larger crowd. I mean, as with any bands in our scene, there's the, the times that you play to 10 people in a room and now now you're playing to a full show. And uh, I know we'll get into favourite gigs later, but looking back at when you guys, um, I can't remember if you opened that stage at Arc Tangent and it was that moment when you started, there was only about 20 people in the tent and then you turn around and there was a there was 100 people in the tent. So yeah, it's really good to see you guys get some uh, traction over the last year. Um, but obviously you're back because the, the new album's out. So I wanted to talk, talk a bit around that. Um, I'm just gonna open it up to all three of you. It's so hard to pinpoint your, I suppose it's very genreless your music, but just talk around like the inspirations and how you've managed to mould those all together into a cohesive sound over the last couple of years. I mean, it's a great question. Uh, like, it is a really hard thing to pin down, to be honest with you. I, I think it's all about just being a bit kind of um, pig-headed and just sticking with it. And like, if we think, yeah, if people tell us something sounds a bit weird, you just kind of ignore it and just kind of go with your gut uh you know break the songs down into kind of chunks you can put together you know and you can rearrange them that way as well if you need to um but yeah i think it's just kind of a case of just you know finding a sound and sticking to it really and being kind of confident in the sound and not really kind of um changing it for anybody yeah yeah definitely so yeah is there any um Obviously, there's bits that I I've picked up listening to it over the last couple of weeks. But is there any like main standouts for you, like Martin or Jake? Maybe um, that 
uh, any sort of standout inspirations that have really driven your your parts to that, that sound? Is there any bands that really inspire you in your parts? Um, it's difficult. There's a lot of stuff, I think, happening at once. Um, the song is the most important thing, I think, for us, more than anything. Um, and usually it comes from sort of like an idea. We've all like sort of really heavy music. I think Sumac and things like that comes to mind when it comes to how it sound. Um, but then obviously, needless to say, The Cure and things as well. So it's sort of like kind of, yeah, those kind of two extremes, I guess, mm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice to hear. Yeah, I was reading in um, in your, your press release about that. It's trying to keep things, like you say, being pig-headed and keeping it as simple as possible, actually, and not being too overcomplicated and just driving that that sound and that idea but yeah um also what what was the thoughts um signing signing to small pond as well obviously great label and it's great to see you guys be picked up by them but why what sort of drifted you towards uh signing with those guys they asked. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones who asked. <laughs> the only ones who asked. The only ones who got back to us. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's fair. But yeah, well, uh, how, but, how's it been working with them, though? Because obviously they're they're they, great guys. But yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. they're really they're good. Um, they've been so supportive. Um, and the album, you know, coming out on Friday and how we came out, it wouldn't have been anywhere as good without them for sure. Um, yeah, and I feel like as a label, the bands they've got on there are just awesome. And it's a great variety of different bands as well. And it feels kind of awesome to be, you know, mixed in with all those different bands, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they've um, helped you with those live videos recently as well, which were which were super well shot. Who, what, who was the sort of like driver behind those videos? So that we had that acoustic one in the church, for example, Oh, what, in terms of like who shot it or kind of who's, like, who's idea? Yeah, like, yeah who, who was sort of like the, the driving inspiration behind it and who sort of put it together for you? Well, I know Small Pond, they, they often do these um, downtime sessions. That's something they like to do. They do them with all their bands. Um, you should check them out because they're, all of them are really, really great. They just like doing like stripped back versions of their bands and then kind of putting them in weird places and filming them. Um, and they said, you know, we want to do one of those. And Ash obviously immediately said he won't do it in a church because he's, he's a big old goth boy at heart. Uh, um, and yeah, and we just yeah we just kind of spent an afternoon doing it in a church, and it was it was awesome. It was such a such a fun time. Yeah, yeah, definitely cool. And yeah, definitely keep up the the weird vibes for the the, the videos as well. Like Balaclava Man, uh, I definitely enjoyed uh, in your in your recent video as well. Have you got many more plans to do any music videos with? Um, any songs on the album? Yeah, right? if, we can, if we can get hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, yeah, he's elusive. Man. He's around. <laughs> yeah. He's elusive. We thought he'd turn mm-hmm. up yesterday, but he didn't. Oh, so. there you go. A horse did. Whatever. Is he... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A horse did. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> that was bizarre. At the last song, someone put on a a horse mask inside parading in front of Chris. <laughs> yeah, I bet that was off-putting, to say the least. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Chris thought it was a fever dream. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I loved it. 
I'll, I'll remember that. I'll remember that for uh, for Bad Pond, uh, uh, yeah, Bad Pond Festival next week. I'll, I'll try and source one. Um, yeah, actually, no, that would be really strange. Imagine a really tall horse running around your gig. It is, that would be very strange. Um, cool. Well, th- thanks, guys, for just covering a bit on the album and a bit on Small Pond. But obviously, the main reason I've got you on is to talk on around favourite gigs been to and played. So we'll start off with, like, gigs played and... I know, as we were just saying, you've both got very uh, varying degrees of uh, inspiration and background musically, so this should be interesting. So uh, we'll start off with top gigs played. So we'll start off for you, Chris, um, and we'll probably just do it in a circle, I suppose. Um, what's one of your top gigs that you've ever played? Uh, well, I reckon last night has to be probably my favourite Sugar Horse show we've ever played. It was just, like, the best experience. It felt like such an amazing release after such a long wait. Like it's been such an anxious kind of year that we've been sitting on the album and like nervous about kind of how it's going to go down and what people are going to think. And, you know, are people going to hate us after the album comes out? Because it is, you know, not the easiest listen in the world. Um, and then just to kind of, for everything just to fall into place last night was just amazing. Like just to see a room full of people, you know, all together, all like enjoying it. And then, you know, talking to all the nice people afterwards, it was just like amazing. So that was definitely my my top sugar horse show and i'm glad you asked me first because <laughs> now the other guys have to think of something else well, one of uh, one of us can pick our tangent for sure and wait and i mean see who goes next. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say our tangent yeah nothing like any sort of like i mean obviously the obvious point is that the, the being a festival is one thing touching on the way you said earlier on about like, to begin with there are only 10 people and then afterwards there are 100 or so is essentially just because ash woke them up he has this I don't, <laughs> you might you you guys, because I know what this is. He has this horrible pedal with just sort of looped noise, and he just played that sort of after, immediately after we finished playing, uh, doing sound check. And between then and we actually went on, which is a, probably up for about half an hour at like ten yeah, in the morning. Was... And like the stage is right next to like where like the, the other the other side of the edge is where there are like just tents, people sleeping. Um, so it was a lot of very pissed off hungover like gig goers at time in the morning so it's basically our target audience yeah yeah exactly yeah i remember getting um getting breakfast before coming to see you guys and wandering around but i could hear that noise <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah that's that's the guys setting up that's the guys pissing about um yeah it was yeah um yeah it was it was very interesting from a fan's perspective because obviously i i knew you guys but you definitely <laughs> weirdly it was the right kind of music for that time of day because I think people were so confused and so hungover and they were just drawn to it more than anything because if it was like a pop punk band I think people would have been pissed off like I'm going back, back to bed but it's uh, <laughs> but it's like that noise that just sort of draws you in and you go ah maybe I maybe I will go and uh, watch these guys and yeah it certainly did uh, wake up a few people in that crowd for sure yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that sound. I now distinctly remember having like my bre- breakfast burrito and coffee and going, what the fuck's yeah. happening? <laughs> um, so, Jake, what, what about you? What's one of your first ones? Well, I thought those were the only two good gigs we ever played. <laughs> but um, the, we did do the basement show in The Exchange, I think, 2019. We filmed it. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube. We put it out like last year during lockdown. And that was like a sold out uh, show. Um, the first sold out show. I was, think. Yeah, so that was a, another milestone, as it were. It was um, it was awesome. Um, 
yeah that like that exchange basement is so like crammed i mean people were kind of falling into us as we were playing like like the last couple of songs and stuff which at the time was super annoying but it came out pretty well on camera to be fair so yeah but yeah that was a great show nice one nice one so chris uh any any more shows that you can think of Good ones, or we actually yeah. delve into bad. Oh, I, sort of bad. I, mean, you can, I mean, you can talk about bad ones if you want. If you've got any funny stories from bad gigs, that'd be amazing. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we were discussing before. We had the most stressful experience of any of our lives. When was the... It was Camden Rocks in 2019? Yeah, I, yeah, say, I think it was yeah. 19. And it was the worst day of all of our lives. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We like no, this is not to shit on Camden Rocks. There's nothing wrong with Camden Rocks, but there is everything <laughs> wrong with us. Uh, so basically, we packed the car, my little car, of all our amps, thinking we were going to need all our amps. Uh, and Jake and Sab had to get on the coach, and we were going to meet them there. I drove to pick Ash up, and for those of you who didn't know Ash before he stopped drinking, uh, <laughs> when he was drinking and he fell asleep. You could not wake him up. Like, I am not kidding. Like, yeah. imagine you're... Imagine <laughs> I've, heavy, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine the heaviest sleeper you've ever met and then triple it. It's unbelievable. And I couldn't wake him up for like two hours. Uh, so I sat out, outside his house in my car for two hours. These guys got to Reading on the coach before he came out of the house. And then we drove all the way to Camden. Uh, we got there with, I think, 15 minutes to spare before we, uh, we had to play. At a park, paid ten pound an hour to park in the center of Camden, which is a joke, like yeah. for a start. <laughs> <laughs> and then we loaded all our amps out, only to find out that we literally couldn't use any of the amps that we bought. So it was just the entire day it was a massive waste of time. And there are about two people there, and it was <laughs> horrific. And then yeah, we, I, I we tried did. to run out because it was so bad. There was nobody there. He tried to like run out to this one table of people and then realized his lead was too short so he had to stop like really awkwardly about a meter ahead of where he started it was a good it was a good day it was a I good completely day. forgot about that last bit <laughs> <laughs> um, um what, what 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 venue was that in at uh, camden uh, rock uh, music and beans i was trying to work something out like music something, something oh, beans. God. Yeah. yeah, like a basement. And I guess it's just a cafe yeah. usually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like some yeah. some rooms it's just like downstairs. A, like a nice yeah. sort of yeah. kind of trendy delicatessen upstairs. Like we could, we were about to ruin a lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a theme with you guys, ruining ruining meals, various yeah. meals of the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why stop at birthdays? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh Oh God, you're talking about um, loading into a car though. I've just remembered when you played uh, the windmill and I came up with you guys and we had to load into the Bilingo. And uh, I think yeah. I think Ash had told you last minute, it was like, oh, uh, my mate Adam's going to uh, climb in, <laughs> just the tallest man in the world. And uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was fun as well. Didn't, didn't we have the keyboard stand on, on our laps at the back, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had the... Just that gets real, mm. when you drive into like, well, from Bristol to London, that gets long <laughs> when you got a keyboard stand and on we had you. The, oh. uh, the lady approached us as well and asked us to play the local yes. jamboree or something. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What did she yeah. ask, like, are you a, cons- sort of like a conservative we metal a f- band? A far, a f- 
no, a far right metal band. I'm pretty sure she said, which was yeah. very strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to pause for a second before saying yeah. no. <laughs> oh my god, very strange. Yeah. Very strange. Um, there's a story I heard recently with uh, Wayne Adams, um, obviously of Petbrick and Big Lad. He got approached the other day in the street with his guitar, and somebody asked him if he wanted to join uh, a covers band. And I really wish he'd said yes and just joined this covers band and turned up. Because you can imagine Wayne Adams <laughs> playing, I don't know, Guns and Guns and Roses in a cover band. <laughs> just drops all all his current projects just to do that. It's like my new passion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Martin, any any other top shows from you, mate? That you've played. Um... Or any or any other bad ones? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm more. Uh, <laughs> there is one. It's, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's the show itself. It was a great. It was a great show. Uh, it was just more things that came afterwards. So we supported Memory of Elephants at uh, Rough Trade. Uh, like, okay, gig was great. Those people there. And then there was just a review that came out afterwards. It was just talking about the show itself. Um, 30% of the, like, well, the introduction of 30%, the first 30% of this, of this review was just them talking about how they enjoyed their day down the harbour. Uh, God knows why. And it only got to us, and it was all just like, I mean, it's definitely not math rock. And, like, just, just basically just hated it because it weren't math rock. And with, like, the, in the immortal lines of, just because it's loud doesn't necessarily mean it's that good. And that's essentially our mantra. <laughs> so like, it's perfect. It's just sort of the best yeah. things we've ever read. I think it's that's better than any good review we'll ever receive. It's just so perfectly what we're trying to be like for. Um, yeah, yeah, it was I mean, apparently also like it was. They were talking about the demographic, like oh, when this band came on, the audience was full of men, as if it was something that we <laughs> deliberately controlled. Uh, <laughs> which, um, yeah, it was just. Yeah, that's 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 it. The gig otherwise was great. It's just everything came after was just just made it look like entirely worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also that she, I'm surprised you haven't used that as a, a song title yet. Just because it's uh, loud doesn't mean it's good. Um, seems like a that's very a, sugar horse esque. Yeah. That's a greatest hits record title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, cool. What I mean, those are all. Pretty funny stories, guys. Um, let's go on to favourite gigs ever been to as fans. And I'm yeah, really intrigued to what you guys have lined up for this. Um, so, Chris, we'll start with you again. What's one of your favourite ever shows been to as a fan? This one was really hard. It's a really hard question. Um, yeah. So I've kind of gone, I've taken a holistic approach to it, if you don't mind. And it's not not necessarily like... You know, a gig I would suggest everybody would enjoy or, you know, in this kind of time, like I don't really listen to this band that much anymore, to be honest with you. But I grew up in a town called St. Austell in Cornwall, um, and there is absolutely nothing in St. Austell, Cornwall. Um, and there are a few local bands kind of dotted around. And we would kind of if we want to play shows when we were 15, 16, we would like book village halls or we would book the back room of pubs and like get our shitty Marshall combos in and like a horrible drum kit. But there was one band from Truro called Everything Burns, and they're a post-hardcore band. And this is, I don't know when this would be, probably 2008 or so, I was probably 16. And they played a show at a place called Grant's Snooker Club in St. Austell. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a local band who didn't sound local, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, And it just blew me away at the time. I like 
because they loaded in, they had all their like stacks, uh, like I, the, everyone looked real cool. The, the guitar player was called Vince. He was like the coolest emo in St. Arsenal. <laughs> and, like, uh, and like they started with, um, they would put the Terminator theme tune, uh, you know, the da-dum, dum, da-dum, that thing. And they would play it super loud and they would kick in. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, this sounds like a band. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it was yeah. the first time I'd ever seen anybody apart from a massive band at like the Plymouth Pavilions, like just blow me away. And like, that was the first point I was like, oh my God, you can be local and sound huge. You know what I mean? And like, so it seems like a bit of a weird one. So everything burns from Truro circa 2008. Check them out if you like post-hardcore. I still like them, you know, I listen to them very occasionally, but um yeah so that's that has to be one of my favorite gigs of all time and it's something i'll never forget like sitting in the the horrible fake red leather chairs of grant snooker club and just like having my face blown off like it was just amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing and like they're just like really cool guys like phil the bass player uh he worked at the local music shop in truro shout out modern music best music shop nice. in the world uh and it was just like it just all felt awesome and it was just something that you could like aspire to if that makes any sense and in St. Austin yeah, yeah, yeah. there was no other bands to aspire to so that was yeah that was one of my experiences that I'll just never forget seeing that band for the first time yeah yeah no it's yeah it's like you say it's amazing when you see a local band that like you say doesn't sound like a, a shitty local band like <laughs> doesn't sound like the generic 4-4 rock we've just like hashed it out kind of thing um, yeah. I suppose it's a bit like how Bristol is at the moment as well. Like your scene that you've got down there is, I think you have more of those moments than any other city at the moment. You walk into a room and you go, oh shit, why isn't this band playing a bigger room kind of moment? Um, yeah, that's really, really great to hear. And I will definitely check those out because they, they sound right up my street. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just great, like early 2000s, post-hardcore, like chuck it on, have some fun. It's good. Nice. Nice. I'll check that out um let's go to you martin next what's uh one of your top shows you've ever been to uh, um in terms of like good in like every kind of way it's a bit of a it's, it's gonna sound like a very obvious like cheesy choice but i think we so years ago i think chris was there at the skiing as well actually um maybe nash was there we saw cigaros at the eden project and like just, it, just seeing cigaros anywhere is going to be like you know incredible and it was just after Baker came out. So like, I think it was like 2013, 2014. And like, like I've never been to actually been to the Eden Project either. So the whole thing was just like, like a whole day out. But with the mixture of it being like such a huge, like sort of like overwhelming, like captivating performance, just also were taking place in it was essentially like sort of a tiny, sort of, I think like sunken valley, like where everything reverberating was just like, yeah indescribable like we i think we are all just collectively as a, as a group just silent for the rest of the evening just just just, just eliminated any sort of there's just no need to talk we just need to sort of just emotionally respond to what we've just taken in yeah that was yeah in, incomprehensibly like awe-inspiring um yeah yeah and uh daughter supported didn't they if i remember rightly was it daughter I is that right don't remember just like white noise <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> emotional white noise yeah yeah i haven't seen cigar ross for years actually uh and again i need to go back and listen to them i'm not nowhere near as big a fan as uh you guys are but yeah um 
yeah, I think the last time I saw them was in London a few years ago. And yeah, one of the, one of the best for sure. And one of the, like, there's nothing else like them. Like you say, like you watch Sigur Ross and it's more of an experience than, uh, than actually watching a band. Um, so yeah. Jake, over to you. What's one of, one of your uh, top shows? Uh, um, ooh. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, I think when Around the Time in Black and Gold came out, they played two shows. Actually, I'm cheating, so there's two shows. One, it was like Friday night at the Moon Club in Cardiff, and then the Old England the next day. And both those shows, I think the Old England one in Bristol was like free entry and stuff, and it was just heaving. And they were just like, sometimes when bands hit a certain stride, you know, and it was one of those times where they were just like incredible. Um, I'm always like... Everyone has when everyone has favorite bands, and everyone has favorite sort of time periods of their favorite bands where they really think they were like the best, you know. And for me, Hey Colossus at that point were at that moment, and to witness that live twice in one weekend was like, yeah, unreal. To be honest, yeah, they're just a fantastic band. Yeah, yeah, Hey Colossus. I've had Joe on the podcast before, and yeah, can't say enough about Hey Colossus. And talking about like favorite periods of band, they've. The, the evolution of Hey Colossus is just ridiculous. And like, obviously the, the last album actually Dances and Curses. Oh my God, what a record. In fact, like that's probably my favorite Hey Colossus record, mm. uh, which I know could be an argumentative subject, subject but um, yeah, like last time I saw them uh, supporting Nod in uh, in London a couple oh, years ago. Yeah. yeah. What, what a show, but yeah, they always bring it. I love how the fact that they've gone from like a post hardcore band to um, just a big doomy sounding, but not yeah. doomy as well. They're, they're a bit like you guys. They're very, Hey Colossus are very hard to, very hard to pinpoint. Pin down. Yeah, that's why I like them. I like, and I do like how they put out so many albums, especially in the last 10 years, they've probably put out at least an album a year, I think, sort of. And each time it's been a steady progression into where they've came for the last one. So yeah, big inspiration for sure. Yeah. And a good gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, back to you, Chris. Uh, what's next one for you, mate? Um, I'm going to... Uh, Jake is going to murder me because I'm going to try and pronounce the name of the fa- the famous Welsh music venue. Um, <laughs> but uh, watching the Hotelier at Club Eferbach. We happy with that? Close enough. We happy? <laughs> yeah, no, I was pretty happy with that. Okay, cool. Thank no. you. Most people just call it the Welsh Club. Yeah, yeah. Grand. yeah. yeah. Thanks for trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched the Hotelier there. Um, I can't remember when it was. It was probably in... 2017 um and if you don't know who the hotelier are they're like they're just pretty much my favorite band on the planet they're one of these bands like i i find with music like very rarely like I, there's lots of music i enjoy but that it's very rare that i really connect with a band and then i'm like obsessed you know and the, i remember the first time i listened to the hotelier i just got obsessed with them straight away they're like kind of a emo-y uh punky they went a bit kraut rock on their latest record like kind of uh, pretty indie i would say um they're from i think the midwest somewhere in america and uh i went with my girlfriend who is now my fiance it was like one of our first like kind of trips away we ever did we went to go watch them at i'm pretty sure it was their first ever uk show i could be wrong on that um and i remember there only being kind of less than probably 60 people in there and just like knowing every single song loving every single song and like 
it's always a big thing when you get kind of obsessed with a band and then you're going to watch them live and you don't want to be disappointed because if they're a bit shit or you feel as though, you know, they didn't really want to be there, then it kind of ruins it. But it was just an amazing show. Like I'd never been so clubby for back before either. So it was just, yeah, amazing. And if you haven't listened to the Hotelier, I implore you to go listen to the Hotelier because they are amazing. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've not, I've not really checked them out before. What um, what would you compare them to? Is there any other bands out there you compare them to? Um, oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, are they going to be annoyingly <laughs> another band like that? Is just uh, Yeah, what, that's yeah. so hard to pin down. But like, I, I don't know. I, I just say, listen, to their latest album is it's called uh, Goodness. They came out a few years ago now, but it's still their latest release. Um, it's it's like uh, emo meets punk meets kraut rock meets indie. It's, it's kind of a bit of everything. And it's, yeah, I just, I love it. He's such a such a great uh, kind of songwriter. And it's just, yeah, amazing. And that gig just absolutely blew me away. And the way they were all kind of, they all hung around outside and he did an acoustic set outside afterwards, which I thought was pretty oh, nice. nice of him because there's you know, so many songs he didn't get to do. So he did them outside and, that was just an amazing, amazing show. And the first time you get to see one of your favorite bands is always really special, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's, a, that's another band that we're going to have to check out uh, straight after this, for sure. Um, cool. Martin, uh, what's one of your uh, next uh, ones, mate? Ben Frost. Um, nice. He made a Feckler. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, probably about maybe 2016 17 i don't know but like i've been a, like a big fan for like a, a while uh at that point but just because it's such like such abstract dense dark electro based kind of music it's kind of hard to know exactly what to expect and i had no idea what i was getting into aside because even even there's like there's a few tracks that stand out on most of the records that obviously like you can remember because they have like more musicality and more motif and there are other parts that are just more sort of abstract sort of soundtrack as opposed to say like song structure but that kind of fact so i had no idea what to expect it was just him with a live like acoustic drummer and yeah it was just incredible like really incredible like how it's it, 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 i never would have expected that to sort of mind sort of bend the two sort of like performance arts together in in the same way and it not sort of theme, seem like it was going to be like cheesy or because it's the kind of music you kind of need the, the right sort of setup and the right sound to listen to and it just didn't fall with either and it was a quite a brave choice i think to bring them together in a way um but yeah it was just and yeah i can't really describe it it was i think also at the time i remember that like, uh, get really into it and it took a bit, i think it took the time to get on stage and by that point i got a little bit more to drink than i intended and she's out in the end just a lot more emotion like this is just the fucking best and i just remember just kind of being away and being like it's just so good around again. I think I might cry. And I just mean like I say, it's not like it's not the kind of music that would make you kind of feel like sad. Or I just mean like I just don't know how else to react right now. <laughs> I just lost all control of being able to sort of take everything in, just sort of stare. Essentially, I, I was essentially like close to just sort of drooling in my mouth at the moment. Like what what what, yeah. am I doing? what what is the problem I'm witnessing right now? <laughs> yeah, that was for sure up there. Nothing's nothing's come close to sort of recreating that kind of atmosphere again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, it's it's fine to cry at a gig. I cried after seeing Cabin once. So, uh, yeah, again, a band that you don't expect to cry at. Um, but, yeah, pro- <laughs> probably probably down to the booze and the, the emotions. I, I think we would have okay. I think people would have thought I'd stumbled into the wrong gig and just been terrified. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, Jake, uh, what's uh, one for you, mate? Um 
so uh, Chris is reminding me of one actually. Um, uh, food to the left. Uh, I just realized that the podcast name Audience Please as well. I haven't chosen it because of this. This is literally spur of the moment. Anyone's listening to this, this is not some sort of pre prepared thing. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on. Right. Uh, 2009, uh, they played Club of the Bach just when Travels came out. And um, yeah, that was like a big moment for me as well when I really, I've been in bands before and like as a teenager and stuff um, and seen like local bands, but that was like a big gig that was upstairs. And I think it was sold out. It was like, packed and i don't know just the way they were and the way they still are you know obviously with mccluskey coming back and everything it's there's like a rawness to it which it makes it really relatable like the way they are on stage you sort of feel like you can kind of get up, get to that point if you try hard enough so yeah that was a good one that was like a big game changer for me for sure yeah definitely and yeah the undeniably one of my favorite bands <laughs> obviously because yeah, um, band. <laughs> yeah and well i they've been spoken about enough uh, on this podcast and obviously Falco's been on here, but um, yeah, they're, they're, like you say, their directness, but also just Falco's presence on stage, especially, and the way he interacts with the crowd. Again, I, I can't remember the first, I always talk about this actually, I can't remember the first time I saw them, but it was many, many moons ago, it was probably at Portsmouth Wedge Rooms. And at the time, I didn't really know any of, the, any of this kind of music and this kind of scene somehow ended up at future left and yeah completely changed how how i interacted with live music for sure they're definitely one of those bands that you watch and it completely changes your perceptions i suppose of live music yeah that's definitely was it for me um just like little things just like the way they as you said obviously talk to the audience between songs but the way they kind of prep and you know it's just kind of it was just something about it um but it really like inspired me and maybe realize that, that this is something i wanted to do more you know yeah sure yeah well yeah definitely um let's not big up falco too much because his head will probably explode as we know but uh, <laughs> but yeah great, great example um and right we'll do last round of favorite shows then so chris what's one last one for you mate oh no one last one oh, no. <laughs> i'm so split now I'm so so split you've got to choose, uh, you've got to choose. lucky dip lucky dip all right. Okay, just 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 for branding purposes, I'm gonna have to say uh, the first time I saw Maiden uh, in 2003, oh, yes. I and Maiden played the Dance of Death tour, and my dad took me to see them. I must have been 11. Uh, my dad drove all the way from St. Oswald to Cardiff to take me to uh, to the show. Drove back the same night, and it just it changed my world. Like in one day, it was like everything. It just changed everything. I remember getting getting Dance of Death, the album, because that was my first Maiden album. That I, like, that's what introduced me to Maiden. And I was flicking through the booklet like we used to do, um, you know, back before, back in the olden days. We used to flick through the, the little book that came with it. And they had tour dates there. And, like, I just remember being, like, run downstairs, people like my dad, like, they're playing in Cardiff. Please, 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 can we go? And he was like, all right, I'll take you. And it just... It was amazing. Like I know some people hate on Maiden or whatever, but there are some things that are just undeniable about them. And one of those things is they can play a fucking show. Like they are yes. just so so good. And like the energy levels. Like I loved like that how fucking dramatic the whole thing was. Like I'd never seen anything like it was. It was almost operatic. Like they had like a huge like stage show and like a gigantic moving eddy, and it was just just amazing and i like i'll never ever forget that i remember 
standing on upside down pint glasses because I couldn't see um, because <laughs> I, was, I was too small. And so I stood on these upside down pint glasses trying to get over and I was getting burnt with cigarettes because it was still when you could smoke inside venues. And it was just like, I just remember thinking like, this is it for me now. Like this is, that's what I want to do one day. Maybe, maybe not quite that, but. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, so, I can't wait for Sugar Horse, the, op- op- uh, the operatic version. I mean, don't put it past us. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I would, I would literally yeah, love I'm to do that. that. Let's, let's write that one down. <laughs> yeah. But yeah have, bal- just... have, bal- have Balaclava Man running around the stage with a big flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will be that. Sorry, just planting some seeds there. <laughs> I just remember it just like it just changed everything for me like it was just incredible like and you know everybody before they die should see Maiden like you just it's just such an experience and like it's so much fun and everybody there just absolutely loves it and it's just yeah I loved it amazing never forget it yeah and just to just to talk go back to that uh, van journey that I shared with you guys probably the first time I properly met you I remember you guys just in the front it was like what should we put on you and Ash in the front were like Maiden going on immediately. Oh, I think yeah. we listened to like three hours of Maiden on the way to <laughs> Live London. in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I was sat in the back complaining because I was hungover and I was just like, I really don't want to listen to Maiden right now. <laughs> I, I bet you didn't think we actually listened to Maiden yeah. but <laughs> that, <laughs> that much. Yeah, I'm after getting to know you guys. I didn't really. I thought. It was like taking the piss, but then realizing that Chris actually bums Maiden. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a I bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and actually now I I can't listen to Live in Rio without thinking of you, Chris, because of that. Well, <laughs> so, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like my late, my favorite live DVD of all time. Also, watch that if you if you get a chance. It's just like it, I just love how like. Like that, that, that goofy without being goofy, but like people take it dead serious. But it's just, I just love it. Amazing. Love everything about Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big up the Maidens. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Martin, what's uh, your last one? To uh, yours, mate? Yeah. I'm going to say, I think I was in 18. I, so when I was like, like, 13, 14, I was like obsessed with Code and Cambria, like properly into obsessed. Yeah. And I managed to catch, um, they did a, like a never ender tour, which is basically like they did four nights and played all four of their albums, like back to back, like separate nights, obviously. Um, and I managed to catch the the third night, which is like almost my favorite album. And yeah, it was just like the kind of thing, like a, like a 13 year old me at the time would have been like genuinely would have been weeping of happiness kind of thing. And like, I sort of still listen to it a lot nowadays. But I, I could be on the verge of world domination, which is like a button to press, and someone will start singing, singing <laughs> one of the parts of the song, and I'll carry on and switch, just join and sing. Like, Screw this, and I'll just join them and sort of sing with harmonies, kind of thing. It just that just triggered me to being back to that age. But yeah. like, yeah, I think my my mum like drove me. I think my brother came as well, one of my mates from school, up to London just to stay and wait outside until we were done. All the, all the way to the Astoria in London just to watch the show. And it was also like a long show. They still did like a whole host of like encores on top of like an hour or so minutes worth, just like nonstop, all like who were like their best album. And then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Was that was just like the cheesiest kind of gig I could, I could describe of like my old sort of music style. But yeah, that was that was amazing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember see, I've only seen them a couple of times, but I, um, I think they came over with Thrice a couple of times. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Yeah, I went to those shows. I wasn't the biggest Coheed and Cambria fan, but I think one of those shows completely changed my opinion about them because I was a bit on, on the edge and I was like, live, they are insane. Yeah, they're a lot um, heavier live and you would expect, yes. you kind of expect them to be a bit more sort of like, I think they're different now, but they used to be like, you expect to be really melodic and kind of more like just being tight, but it's like a lot more like, for greater ferocity, I think, mm-hmm. uh, than you'd kind of expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely great band as well. Need to go back and listen to them. I'm going to do lots of listening this week with uh, stuff we've talked about on this uh, podcast today. Um, and Jake, uh, last one. What, uh, what's your one, one of your final favourite shows you've ever been to? Uh, more recent run one um, was probably at Arctangent when Orms played. Um, nice. They were one of the first bands opening that weekend that was like 2018 i think and they played the uh, exist album i think it's called yeah it is just check <laughs> um, um but they played it and it hadn't come out yet and the, that album is basically like one real long song like 25 minutes and they just went and did that and then went cool that's our new album um here's one you might know did like another four minute song and it was done and it was just like I love it when bands just do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. And they were amazing, actually, like, just brutal for, like, 20, 25 minutes, just nonstop. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, great bands. Need to get them on, on the podcast at some point, actually. But, yeah, yeah really they're, they're amazing. Uh, really nice really nice people as well. I've spoken to them a few times. But, yeah, great, great band. Great album as well. Um, yeah, and, it's real good, that one. Yeah. Lots of yeah, lots of lots of listening to do this week. I think I might have to put a playlist together after that after these chats. Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming together on a on a Monday night, not on a Sunday night, as I as I previously said. Um, yeah, it's been really great to catch up with you guys. Um, so just to wrap up, where can people pick up your new album and what gigs you've got coming up? Because you've got a few lined up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Go on, Chris. Yeah, we got to get, get, get our list of gigs up so I actually know what we're doing. Uh, yeah, let's just kill some time. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick. You can, uh, yeah. yeah, so you can get the Live Long After at our band camp. I don't know what the URL is, but... HTTP, forward slash, forward slash. It's available on the internet. Uh, you can get it through Small Pond, uh, and we are playing... Uh, what's the name of the gig we're doing next week? Bad Let me just remember. Bad Pond. We're doing Bad Pond next week. Just Small Ponds Festival-like, but we can definitely remember the name of the <laughs> yeah, festival. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we are doing Portals the weekend after that in London, which is going to be amazing. We're very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we have a little break, and then we have a run of shows in October. We're doing Edinburgh, Glasgow, uh, London, Cardiff, Bolton. and Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Not in that order. I don't think. Not yeah, in some that order. sort of crazy <laughs> order, though, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just realised actually that means I get to see you three times over the next coming months, which is going to be terrible. Uh, I'm really not. Yeah. We'll just get progressively worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm definitely going to buy a horse head and wear it for all three shows just to put you off. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Bad Ponds. Um, just so uh, everyone else can hear who else is on that lineup: Delta Sleep, Conjurer, Svalbard, Foxjaw, Alpha Male, T-Pi, Vasa, Intechnicolor, Fez, Projector, False Advertising, Atotoso, 
and Lambrini girls. And yeah, so if anyone's listening that fancies any of those bands, get along to Bad Pond on Sunday in Brighton at the Concord 2. Uh, it's only 30 quid as well. I forgot how cheap that was for mm-hmm. all those amazing bands. So yeah, really looking forward to it, guys. Um, really happy that you've had such great reactions to the album coming out. And yeah, buzzing to see you live over the next few months. So uh, yeah, I'll catch you soon. Cool. Cheers, that man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. See ya. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. That was really good. <laughs> Did you actually leave? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bye! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> that was a bit... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, who's... Uh, Podcast? <laughs> I <thought> was chatting. <laughs> that is exceptional. <laughs> do you know oh what? Gosh. Do you know what? I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this in. Um, just for uh, just for everyone. Um, Jake has uh, dropped off the call. <laughs> yes, it was yes, I was saying goodbye, but it was the end of the podcast, not the end of us saying goodbye. <laughs> uh, what, what tickets? actually hang on a minute I'm, I'm going to message him in a minute and be like you're a dickhead uh, <laughs> thanks lads um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you get away anyway I'm going to go to bed I think I'm so tired um, yeah fair morning. enough cheers for that hope, hope yeah, you got cheers. some usable stuff yeah that was great. Yeah, no, that was really good. It was really good. It was good length as well. It was about 50 minutes as well, which is perfect time as well. So, um, oh, nice. yeah, I'll see, I'll see you lads on Sunday anyway. Sure. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice one. Yeah, cheers for that. Have a good one. <laughs>